Hi, my name is Autumn Dixon, and this week is February 14th through the 20th, and we are in Genesis 18 through 23. So we're going to be talking about Abraham and his sacrifice or his willingness to sacrifice his son Isaac. Now, most of us have heard this story, but just as a quick recap, we see Abraham. He has prayed for many, many decades <laughs> in order to have a son with his wife, Sarah. Finally comes to pass, enough years pass that his son, Isaac, has now grown to be healthy, strong young man. And one day the Lord comes to Abraham and says, I want you to offer up your son as a sacrifice. Abraham is willing to do so. He goes up to Mount Moriah where the Lord had asked him to make that sacrifice. He raises a knife. He's getting ready to kill his only son that he had prayed for for decades. And an angel appears, stops him and says, good job on your willingness. You don't actually have to do this. And of course, Abraham is relieved, I'm sure. <laughs> so this story has actually always made me kind of uncomfortable. <laughs> it didn't necessarily make me uncomfortable because the Lord was asking so much, right? We should be willing to sacrifice everything in order to go back to our Heavenly Father. Because anything that we're willing to sacrifice, He's going to bless us tenfold, right? We should be willing I mean, it's all part of the mortal experience. We have to be ready to sacrifice everything in order to live with our Heavenly Father. The thing that actually bothered me about this story, I kind of would shy away from it. I didn't really want to think about it. And I realized this time as I was reading it through that the thing that really made me uncomfortable about this story was the fact that I felt like Heavenly Father, or more specifically, Jesus Christ, was asking Abraham to do something wrong to murder an innocent man, right? <laughs> it's one thing when he told Nephi to kill Laban, he was trying to save his children spiritually. But Isaac was innocent and this was murder and he was going back on a standard that he's given to us, right? You don't murder. <laughs> it's not a good thing to do. And so I think that's what really bothered me about this story and why I've always shied away from it is because I couldn't reconcile it with what I knew and what I believed about who my Heavenly Father and my Savior were. So as I was reading through this time, I, I decided that I was going to face this story head on. <laughs> there have been things I've been uncomfortable with in the past, and Heavenly Father's helped me work through those things. And so I figured that He could help me learn about this story more deeply and to basically face it, reconcile it with what I know about my Heavenly Father. So for this video, I'm essentially just going to be talking about my thought process as I went through this story and tried to learn more about it. And I'm going to start with a verse, and it is specifically the verse where the Lord is asking Abraham to offer up his son. So this is Genesis 22, verse 2. It says, And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I tell thee of. Now, <laughs> as I've read through this in the past, once again, like he's, ask, is, he's asking him to do something wrong, right? Go sacrifice your son. But I noticed something different 
when I read it as I was trying to really, really understand the story. It says, offer him there for a burnt offering, to offer his son. Now, when you look at the definition of offer, there's a couple definitions, <laughs> but let's talk about them. So the first one is to present as an act of worship, to present in order to satisfy a requirement, to declare one's willingness to make an attempt, or my favorite, to present for acceptance or rejection, right? The Lord didn't actually ask Abraham to go up and kill his son. He didn't say, go up the mountain and kill your son. He said, go up and offer your son, right? Present your son as a sacrifice to be accepted or rejected, right? And it was always part of the Lord's plan to reject this sacrifice, right? It was always part of the plan for the angel to intervene and stop Abraham before he actually killed his son. <laughs> that was always part of the plan because murder is wrong. And the Savior is not going to ask us to murder somebody, right? The point was that Abraham needed to offer it, right? And the offering was rejected. Now, that seems like a silly nuance, but make no mistake, the Lord was extremely purposeful in this. He did this on purpose, right? He allowed Abraham to believe that he was going to have to kill his son, right? He, even though he knew that Abraham had this misconception, he allowed Abraham to continue on in this misconception because it was going to be of infinite worth to Abraham. Now, this story has taught Abraham a lot about the atonement, and it has taught many, 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 many of us since Abraham about the atonement. However, <laughs> some people may think it's kind of a jerk move to ask Abraham to do that <laughs> in order to learn about the atonement. There are a million ways to learn about the atonement without causing such excruciating pain to Abraham, right? If you remember, Abraham was almost sacrificed by his son and now he's being asked to do this. Excruciating pain to be asked to sacrifice his son that he had prayed for for so long. But that's kind of the point. That excruciating pain. Heavenly Father allowed Abraham to experience what he experienced to an extent firsthand. And as soon as Abraham realized just what he had gone through, like what his whole process, what that whole journey was really about, which was a type of Heavenly Father and the Savior, I'm sure it changed his perspective forever, right? I imagine the moment that Abraham was stopped by the angel. The angel appears, stops him with the knife already in there. He takes, Abraham is taking one last look at his beloved son. His son is there bound, probably looking a little bewildered at his father. And the angel appears and stops him. And I imagine Abraham dropping the knife, right? Because <laughs> this is a big deal, right? He's shaking. He falls on Isaac's neck and he is saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, until he can't speak anymore. He's saying it was the only way 
I was trying to follow Heavenly Father, trying to explain to Isaac so that Isaac could understand just what Abraham had been doing and why Abraham had felt he needed to do that. I think about the reunion between our Heavenly Father and our Savior, Jesus Christ. When Christ finally escaped his pain-ridden body and was able to go back to our Heavenly Father, I imagine that even though both of them knew what they were doing and both of them had volunteered to do so and had chosen the plan of salvation, it didn't make it easier, even though it was right. And even though it was what they wanted and even though they didn't regret it, it didn't make it easy. And I imagine that reunion. I imagine Heavenly Father falling on the Savior and hugging him and saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry you had to go through that. It was the only way. There was no other way. Anyone who has experienced some kind of huge tragedy would be able to tell you that there is no way to understand the depth of it without experiencing it firsthand. So the mother who had to go into labor for a child that she knew would be stillborn. A person who was married for 55 years and lost their beloved spouse. A parent who lost a child. A person who has experienced abuse. You have, in order to fully understand what someone has been through, you have to experience it firsthand. There's no other way to fully comprehend it at its depth. And Abraham didn't even have to watch Isaac suffer, right? <laughs> he experienced what it would be like. He went through all that range of emotions, believing that he was going to lose his son and that he was going to be the one who sacrificed his son. But he didn't even have to watch Isaac suffer torment, right? Heavenly Father had to. Heavenly Father knew what it was like to sacrifice his innocent son. And now Abraham knew to a sure extent what Heavenly Father had gone through. Now, <laughs> now that we know that Heavenly Father or that our Savior wasn't actually asking Abraham to do something sinful, <laughs> which is a relief, this sacrifice... <laughs> The sacrifice that Abraham was asked to make becomes a lot like any other sacrifice that we experience in our lives, probably just a little bit deeper because <laughs> I cannot imagine any trial like being asked to sacrifice my job. When Abraham got to the other side of this experience, not only had he shown faith, but I believe that he grew in faith through that experience, right? He didn't just show faith. He didn't just show up and be willing to do it. But at the end of it, his faith had also grown by going through this, through this experience. After it was all said and done, he no longer had to, he was stopped from killing his son. I wonder if he actually caught on immediately, if he realized what his story was representing. I wonder if he realized right off the bat, what, what this was meant to represent, what this was meant to teach him. Was he so caught up in relief over his son 
being alive that he didn't originally put it together that Heavenly Father wanted him to learn about the atonement? Was he so busy looking at his son being so grateful that his son was alive that he didn't realize that he was a type of Heavenly Father? I wonder if a few weeks later, if there was a quiet night as he was pondering and praying and talking to his Heavenly Father when it hit him, when he realized what had happened. I wonder if his eyes widened <laughs> as he realized what it was about. If when he realized that he had been stopped and he didn't have to go through with it, even though he experienced that huge range of emotions, he didn't have to actually go through with it, but there was no one to stop Heavenly Father from having to sacrifice his son. Heavenly Father had to go all the way through it. And I wonder how deeply it hit Abraham when he realized how it would have felt if he had had to go through with it. I wonder if he hit his knees in gratitude, if it completely changed him. I wonder if he was overcome with gratitude, not only for the Savior's willingness, but also for the Father's willingness to sacrifice his son for us, because there was no other way. There's a story about a man who was part of the Martin Willie Handcart Company. They left late in the season, if you're not familiar with this story. And because they left so late in the season, they were caught in the snows. There was a lot of deprivation, a lot of death. It was a terrible experience. And this man who had walked with this company was sitting in a Sunday school where people were criticizing the leaders who had allowed these people to come across the plains with handcarts so late in the season when it was so dangerous. And this man stood up and he or his testimony essentially, and said, anyone who walked with that company, you'll never hear them complain about the experience that they went through. He said, that was the price that we paid to become acquainted with God. And he talked about how he felt privileged in order to have paid that price so that he could become acquainted with God. And I imagine that he echoed the same sentiments that Abraham felt after going through this trial, right? After going through this sacrifice, even though he didn't sacrifice his son, there was some sacrifice involved on Abraham's part. That was the price that Abraham paid to become acquainted with God on such a deep level. I am grateful not only for the sacrifice of my Savior, but for the sacrifice of my Heavenly Father in giving up his son for us. A son that he loved not only in death, because we all know that death is not the worst thing that could happen to a person. But the sheer pain that, that the Savior experienced, I'm grateful for what he experienced. And I'm grateful that Heavenly Father allowed it to happen. That neither of them turned back and stopped that sacrifice because we would all be so lost without it. I am grateful that occasionally... <laughs> They allow me <laughs> to step into their shoes just a little bit and make some sacrifices so that I can become more acquainted with their love for me. So that I can more fully understand what motivated that sacrifice because there is no other happiness that compares 
to understanding the love that comes from our Heavenly Father and our Savior, Jesus Christ. And I say that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.